And I guess good morning to you once again. Thank you for staying with us this morning on gospelbellsradio.com. The program is on the Lord's side, Christian perspectives on news and current event. It's Wednesday, the 22nd of November, 2023. My name is Ulufemi Ogunto. You can follow me on Twitter at Ulufemi Oji. You can follow Gospel Bells Radio on Twitter at Gospel Bells Radio. Let's begin this morning uh, by, well, celebrating this news coming out of Israel uh, that Israel and Hamas have now agreed to temporarily cease fire. And that deal to cease fire uh, will lead to the to the freeing of 50 hostages and three Americans. So uh, there, there has been a deal that has been in the works for a while, and it became a public knowledge, I think, two days ago. Of course, you recall that many persons of goodwill, many world leaders have been calling for a ceasefire uh, for Israel to stop its uh, military incursion into Gaza. You know that Israel did not just wake up uh, to begin that military incursion into Gaza. It was because on October 7th, on October 7th, the world woke up to the horror uh, that Hamas uh, meted out on the people of Israel when Hamas woke uh, early in the morning went into private homes, took out babies and children and innocent people, shot some of them, took some of them uh, captive and left a trail of blood and tears and tears. Many people were shocked in Israel. The Prime Minister of Israel has said that There'll be a time, there'll be a time to review what actually happened, who, uh, who dropped the ball, how did it happen that a, a nation uh, known for being so security conscious was taken unawares on October the 7th, so much so that Hamas was able to do that much damage and and kill so many people and to take to have taken so many people hostage at that time so in response to that israel uh, resolved uh, militarily saying that well the right thing to do and of course many people agree uh, from international international law point of view that israel not only has a duty but a right to protect its citizens to ensure that uh, something like that does not happen again and then israel went into gaza the area occupied and controlled ordinarily by the by Hamas, I went to that place and tried to to identify and arrest the uh, the Hamas commanders who were responsible for the carnage on October 7. Of course, uh, when Israel went into Gaza, uh, many of the news agencies in the world started showing uh, footages of horrors and many people were saying, look, Israel ought not to do that. Uh, it's a delicate question to answer. In a falling world, in a falling world, uh, nations must fight. That is the reality. In a falling world, nations must defend uh, their territories. They must defend their territories. They must uh, they must ensure that their borders are secured. They must ensure that their enemies do not have uh, do not have a place to do not have the means or even the capacity, the opportunity to do to do damage to their people or to cause uh, to cause havoc to their people. So for for under, under international law, a nation has not only a duty to protect its citizens but also has a right to do so. The question is, well, what would be the proportionate response uh, to what Hamas did on October the 7th? And Israel has said, look, the reason why we have to go into hospitals and go into densely populated areas is that uh, these terrorists, these Hamas terrorists, they use these places they use civilians as human shields 
and that tells you so much about what goes on in the heart of terrorists how they are so uh, self-centered uh, just focus on their own objectives and those objectives are actually ultimately political just focus on their own political objectives so much that they do not mind uh, for many civilians to to die and that is why you will find that Hamas would have bunkers and operation rooms i mean when i say operation not also operation rooms uh, but their command command headquarters you know situated in places like hospitals hospitals so so much so that if anybody would want to come after them that person would have to think twice because you would have to inconvenience the the patient just to say the least if not even injure them in order to get to the terror so the terrorists protect themselves uh, by embedding their operations inside hospitals and inside other densely populated uh, neighborhoods in Gaza. So it became a dilemma of sorts for many of us, uh, for many people of goodwill all over the world, for all the people who understand, who appreciate that Israel has a right and a duty to protect its citizens, in fact, the right and duty to ensure that Hamas is not able to do that same thing that he did on October 7 again, uh, on the one hand, and on the other hand, the realization that even the people of Gaza, they are God's children, they are human beings, they must be treated fairly, and you see, uh, it became a dilemma of sorts. That is why it is heartwarming uh, that a temporary ceasefire deal has now been agreed to, and we are hoping that this will lead to the release of the many hostages who are still being held by Hamas. We should not forget that there are many families all over the world, in Israel mainly, and all over the world who are grieving, who are anxious actually, who are anxious about their relatives who are still uh, in captivity, who are still held by Hamas, those that Hamas kidnapped on, on October the 7th. I was watching a clip on I'm not sure the uh, the foreign news station right now. And that man, uh, he was he granted an interview and he was moved to tears and understandably so because his daughter was killed. Uh, his daughter was in Israel during that attack on October 7th. The daughter was killed, uh, but the daughter's daughter, meaning that man's granddaughter, uh, was taken captive. Can you, I mean, can you imagine that the seven-year-old girl taken captive, a mother killed and the grandfather granting that interview was moved to tears and nobody would listen to him and not be moved to tears as well so we find so many dimensions to this story and it is it will be difficult i tell you uh, from uh, from a human point of view to take a stand on this matter because on the one hand uh, you want the carnage to stop you want the destruction to stop uh, you want the killings to stop you want the disruption of normal uh, normal living to stop uh, you want the bloodshed to stop uh, on the other hand you want Hamas to be uh, to be decommissioned, you want Hamas to be brought to its knees. You want the commanders responsible for the October 7 attack uh, to be uh, to be, to be captured, and you know that those people who planned those attacks, they knew what they were doing by embedding the operations in hospitals and in densely populated neighborhoods. They knew what they were doing. Uh, they they must have they must have had a bet saying that uh, whatever we do. If Israel should attempt to retaliate or to come after us, it will be very difficult for Israel. There will be global outcry because nobody would want uh, a military power to go into a hospital, uh, but Israel did go into the hospital or to go into densely populated neighborhoods. At the end of the day, what do we take away from this as people on the Lord's side that it's always a uh, it is always a difficult thing to to identify or 
or even or even side with the merits of particular situations in the falling world. In a falling world, you find that the interests are so uh, are so varied, so varied, and the and the questions so complicated that it is difficult uh, to take a stand. For us, one of the lots that we know we know uh, for a fact that. It is the Lord's will that, that the Lord rules and he reigns. And when people go back in history and say that, well, the Lord could not have given you this land because our fathers were there. Uh, we know that the Lord is the owner of everything. He gives He gives lands. He, give, he, he, he removes kings. He raises up kings. He displaces people. He establishes new people. Uh, that, is, that, is, that is his prerogative. And you have to start from there. That it is, it is the Lord's uh, prerogative. But in a falling world, we have to deal with matters like this. And ultimately, uh, what we should all be aiming for is... Is, is peace, is peace as much as possible, as much as God will permit, and we should celebrate this uh, temporary ceasefire. We do hope that it will become uh, a, a ceasefire for a longer term than what has been than what has been contemplated. We should be praying that those who are holding innocent people or stage will become the captive of God's will, that the Lord will put his fear in their hearts and that the Lord will lead them to release those innocent civilians, children, women, and others still held by Hamas, and that the Lord will lead them to release them and that those who are released will, will, will know for certain that it is the Lord who has helped them. So, I mean, this is a developing situation that we should continue to monitor. And I think it's, it's a beautiful development. We commend all those who are involved in negotiating this. Of course, there are some people who are already criticizing the government in Israel and saying, look, don't make any concession. Don't stop until you get all those Hamas terrorists. But what well, I mean, what do we know at the end of the day as Christians that unless the Lord keeps the city, those who, who, who stand watch, they stand watch in vain, in vain, in vain. So even nations must acknowledge that although they may have all the military all the military firepower uh, that you can think of, all the all the all the military technology, the the war technology that you can think of today, unless the Lord keeps the city, they stay awake. They they, they stay awake. Uh, those watchmen, they stay awake in vain. And I think if anything proves that, it will be the October seventh attack on Israel. You know, Israel being such a security conscious country to have been taken on unawares. And any country can be taken on unawares. Think of September 11, 2001. Remember uh, the horrible incident of September 11, 2001 in the United States when terrorists uh, rammed planes into the World Trade Center and into a building at the Pentagon and killed so many people. Uh, an infamous day that will remain in infamy forever. But you see, even the greatest powers in the world uh, could be taken by surprise and both nations and individuals must continue to look to God uh, for for protection. And what is more, when we are faced with dilemmas like this, where it's difficult even to identify the merit of on on the sides, on the different sides of the matter, all that uh, we will pray and ask the Lord to take the lead. Okay, and next, let's reflect on on a developing story in Nigeria as well. I mean, severally on this on this program, we have lamented uh, the 
horrible state of our polity, which is a given, I would say, and I hope nobody would dispute that, uh, the horrible state of our polity and the rot, the rot in our different institutions. Uh, for a long time, the, the judiciary was spared from this rot, uh, but we, even long before now, many people have said that it is not, uh, it is unreasonable to expect that we are going to have a sane judiciary, a clean judiciary, when all other institutions have been afflicted by the evil of corruption. And now uh, we are seeing signs of that. Now in this case, I'm not saying that there has been corruption, but you will agree with me uh, that something truly has gone amiss. Now, if you follow political news in Nigeria, you would know uh, that uh, when elections were conducted early in the year uh, into governorship offices all over the country, it was the uh, new Nigeria party, new, the Niger- I'm sorry, NNPP. I can't even get uh, the full meaning of that party right now. So it was the New Nigeria People's Party, NNPP, the New Nigeria People's Party that won uh, the office of governor in Kano State. Of course, before before that election, uh, the office was occupied uh, by by a member of the All Progressives Congress. It was a big loss uh, to the All Progressives Congress uh, by uh, political calculations in Nigeria. Anybody wanting to dominate any party, any political party, wanting to dominate politics or wanting to win power at the center would would want to win states like Lagos State, a very uh, the most populous state, uh, followed by Kano State, uh, and then River State. You want those three main states, River State, Kano State, Lagos State. You want to win those states uh, because they would then contribute to the, your electoral victory. But the All Progressive Congress lost that, uh, lost Kano State, uh, but the election was disputed. Uh, it went to the tribunal, the court of first instance. The court of first instance, as far as we know, uh, then made a proclamation that it was the All Progressive Congress that won. So the, the governor, uh, who was the candidate of the NNPP, went to the Court of Appeal. And the Court of Appeal made a decision, issued a decision, delivered a judgment last week, last Friday, delivered a judgment. And from the reports that we read, we, nobody had any reason to dispute any of the reports I received. Uh, the reports from journalists... The reactions from from politicians all pointed to the fact that the Court of Appeal affirmed the victory of the All Progressive Congress. That is, the Court of Appeal had agreed with the tribunal uh, that sacked the NNPP governor and affirmed that the APC candidate won that election. In fact, uh, Top officials of the All Progressive Congress reacted by celebrating it. Uh, the governor of Kano State, uh, who was the candidate of the NNPP, reacted by by telling his supporters that they would go to the Supreme Court. So it was confusion indeed. And I love the way Pont newspaper put it this morning. It says confusion as appeal court certified judgment affirms Kano governor's election. So it was confusion yesterday, confusion galore, when the certified a copy of the judgment made its way onto social media and lo and behold you read the judgment itself and you find that the judgment affirms the 
the election of the Kamen State Governor, meaning that the, the, the judgment of the Court of Appeal uh, departed from the judgment of the tribunal and actually affirmed the NNPP and actually I found the NNPP uh, candidate as the lawfully elected governor of Kanosia. And I hope you are following this because this, this is a lot about the current state of our polity. This is a lot about the current state of our nation. If it would be the case that in open court, a particular judgment was read, but in the certified copy of the judgment released subsequently, another judgment was uh was was issued that's that's the recipe for confusion and that is the kind of situation that tells you that something has gone amiss somewhere there's a principle in law that is called res ipsa loquitur the facts speak for themselves the facts speak for themselves meaning that sometimes you don't know what has gone wrong but just looking at the facts you know that something has gone wrong and that's exactly where I think we are now as a nation and in the judiciary that you have a situation like this. You have a situation where in open court, in open court, a particular judgment was was voiced out because we must expect that we must expect that all those who were in open court, those journalists and those politicians, we must expect that they had well, those lawyers, those senior lawyers really, who were in court on that day, we cannot say that oh uh, they did not properly understand uh, what the judges said. I know that as lawyers, sometimes even for judgment, you want to ensure that those who go to court to receive the judgment, if you cannot be there yourself, you want to send uh, you want to send associates who are, who are really, relatively senior and experienced so that they will properly understand uh, what the judgment uh, portends. Because sometimes when you listen to judges, if you listen to you know, judgments take so long. Sometimes, uh, I mean, for for regular cases, you can have a judgment going into 45 minutes, one hour, and, and of course, uh, a, a number of pages. And for more complex cases, uh, you have uh, judgments running into sometimes 12 hours and other and and, and at other times even more than that. So uh, because you have judges starting from the very genesis and then arguing for both sides, evaluating the argument uh, from the different parties to the case, evaluating the pros and cons for each argument, and then ultimately reaching a decision. So the person who is not versed in the in the matters of the law uh, may just hear a part of the judgment and suppose that, oh, this is the way the court would rule. But, you know, uh, there will be uh, I mean, judges are required. They are required by practice, by tradition, and by law to evaluate all the aspects of the matter uh, before arriving at the judgment. So, ordinarily, you want senior people, experienced lawyers, to go to to, to court on the day of judgment so that they will fully understand uh, to fully understand uh, the the judgment. Uh, so, we we do not we, we cannot imagine that those senior lawyers who were in court on that day did not fully understand the import of the judgment delivered by the court of appeal on Friday. So much so that everybody left the court supposing that the Court of Appeal affirmed the decision of the tribunal in Kano State that the Court of Appeal decided that the APC won the governorship election in Kano State. Now the certified judgment, the certified copy of the judgment now tends to show that on the contrary, the Court of Appeal disagreed with the tribunal and affirmed the election of the NNPP candidate. What is happening? What, is, what exactly is happening? And that is why I said this is a matter where we say res 
ipsa loquitur. The facts speak for themselves. The facts point to, although they do not fully explain what has happened, but very clearly, the facts tell us that something is wrong. Something is wrong. Something has gone amiss. And we all, we all should be... We all should be alarmed about this, and 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 we keep repeating this thing. It is, uh, it is, it is a dangerous thing when a nation has decided has decided to depart from the rule of law to not respect the rule of law. It's a dangerous thing indeed. Or oh, even offenses of INEC or INEC officials, electoral officers, as was the case in Kano. That one is almost scandalous, mm. and. Charles, you'll be surprised if I show you the judgment. To my utter dismay, the majority judgment of the Court of Appeal in Kano upheld the appeal, set aside the judgment of the lower court in writing, and awarded cost in favor of the governor that was removed by the lower tribunal. So I'm asking myself, what's going on? Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm. Contrary to the impression that has been given out there, the judgment of the major, the main judgment of the Court of Appeal has confirmed that the judgment of the lower court is wrong. Oh yes. And I set it aside in writing. Upheld the appeal, granted all the relief sought by Governor Abba. So you ask yourself, what is going on? Mm, well, that's the question. What, yes. what is going on? So, some contradictions, which the, the court can no longer explain, but which is likely to be taken up. Right, well, it is being taken up today. Hmm. So, I mean, that was the voice of uh, Femi Falan, the of Nigeria, being interviewed on, on one of the programs on Arise News TV channels. And, and he himself raised the same question that I raised. I raised the question of reciprocal locator. Something is wrong. And he said, yeah, what is going on? And the interviewer there too, saying what exactly is going on. What we know, and we must not be like ostriches who have our heads under the sand in this matter. We, there can't be any moral equivalence here. We know what is going on is that... Is that sin? Is sin and evil? By whatever name you want to call it, you call it corruption. Of the Christian thinker, the the person from the Christian worldview knows it is sin. You call it corruption. You know it is sin. You call it political manipulation. You know it is sin. Uh, you call it. Uh, you call it uh, cowardice from the judges who, under pressure, uh, could not but uh, pronounce something else in open court. We know it is sin. We know it is sin. Number one, justice is important to God. And we must never be tired of repeating this over and over again. Justice is important to God. In fact, in fact you see, uh, the matter of tithing, when, when our Lord addressed the matter of tithing, the only time our Lord addressed the matter of tithing in Matthew, he said, yes, I know that you love to tithe to the very exact, exact, exact portion of your tithe and all that. Just say, yes, you should con- I don't say you should stop doing it, but there are weightier matters. And what did our Lord mention? One of the weightier matters, justice, justice, justice. God, I believe that if you read the whole of the Old Testament and you listen to how God exhorted his people through his prophets uh, to to prioritize justice in the land, I would say God will look, God sits upon his throne, his eyes run to and fro, and he wonders at the evil, the wickedness in man. One of the wickedness that the Lord would wonder at and that would 
make the Lord really angry, and we say that, yeah, advisedly, is uh, the many acts of injustice in the world, many acts of injustice all over, all over the world. And yes, this is one of it. You see, when you know for a fact, if anybody, when anybody tries to buy judgment that he or she is not entitled to, when, when anybody tries to do that, when anybody tries to influence a judge and things like that, it is, it is wrong. It is wrong. It is, it is a component of the sin that Proverbs 14.34 says is a reproach to many people, a reproach to any people. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach. If nations of the world today are bothered and concerned that they are no longer exalted, that they seem to be a reproach to people, let them look to Proverbs 14.34 and let them ask whether they have begun to celebrate sin. I mean, you look at nations of the world, there is no, you don't find any nation where there, there is there is uh, uh, there is relative peace even in nations where in nations that are relatively prosperous when compared to uh, many African nations you find many people of goodwill who are disillusioned with their societies. I was speaking with a friend who recently came back from vacation and said, "Look, it was just so horrible uh, that w- where she stayed with uh, uh, with her with her brother, uh, you could sense the fear that the brother was never at ease whenever anybody went out from the house, whenever anybody went to a mall, it was never at ease. Whenever but whenever people went to school, it was never at ease. It was always like living on the edge because you know some somebody could just take a gun and open fire." and kill innocent people and then you wonder at what children are being taught in those schools uh, you wonder at what uh, is being normalized in the society and these things we catch up with any society and in our own case in many parts of africa uh, we find many of these things already catching up with us i repeat it again if anybody is disillusioned with Nigeria, if anybody says, oh, that we have so many problems, that, that person should be asked to look at Proverbs 14.34 and ask whether we are normalizing sin, whether we are celebrating sin in all its uh, different manifestations, any way it manifests, whether it, whether it manifests as uh, as corruption, as, as judicial rascality, as executive rascality, or as... Yeah, or as even cheating by ordinary people because of course it's not only limited to our leaders uh, you find you find uh, ordinary uh, citizens also also cheating i sent a video to uh, to my brother my sisters uh, recently you know the video of of market people who uh, who bought of course several large bags of rice and then what they were doing was uh, to take from each bag from each bag maybe a cup or a bucket or so uh, of rice so much so that ultimately when they sell uh, a bag of rice they're actually selling that bag less uh, one bucket of rice or maybe two buckets of rice you know uh, that is you know skewing the scale you know putting your hand on the scale things that god is not happy about and that's why you find that in the bible the bible, the bible speaks clearly about these matters about justice about those who 
who, who those who put their hand on the scale, who put their hand, meaning that those who cheat, those who cheat. Righteousness exalts a nation. Sin is a reproach. We all look forward to an explanation of what happened at the Court of Appeal uh, regarding the matter of the governorship election in Kano State. Somebody is going to have egg on his face, or some people will have eggs on their faces in this matter. Because what is this? Number one, who released that certified true copy and certified it? It was certified. If somebody should come out and say, look, we made an error in certifying it, what does it say? Something is wrong. It will be negligence. It will be crass negligence to have to have to have certified uh, what uh, was not the true judgment of the court and if uh, it was just negligence that somebody just mistakenly certified that copy who wrote it in the first place who wrote it in the first place? how can it be uh, is it the case that that the judges wrote two different judgments and then we're asking for the highest bidder. Is that what happened? But somebody could say that oh, it was a mistake. We wanted to certify another judgment. Then we certified another one. Then the question would be, oh, did you, did you write two separate judgments? And then you were waiting for the highest bidder. And then maybe just before you went, you went uh, to the court, you had that uh, this side has uh, offered the highest. And then you read the one that pleased them. Was that what happened? If that's what happened, it's even difficult to even think about it. It's horrible. It's horrible because the ramifications are the ramifications are just so difficult to imagine. So difficult to imagine. This is something that makes the hearts of many of us to bleed, uh, to bleed. Not only because one is a member of the profession, but also because uh, anybody who thinks consequentially can fully understand the uh, the ramifications for the society. If there is no forum that they can go to and expect to get justice in a land. Ah, that's a land that God will be displeased with. And all of us should be calling this out. Our, our leaders and Christian preachers should be calling matters like this out and saying to government, these are things you should pay attention to. Uh, this is not something to be swept under the carpet at all. And finally today, I came across this story, the story of an ex-footballer. This uh, this gentleman, uh, his name Oliver Spedding, Oliver Spedding, I think, that should be S-P-E-W-D-I-N-G, Oliver Spedding. I understand he was formerly a footballer. I actually played uh, for the Premier League in, in England. But he quit football to join the porn industry, P-O-R-N, the pornographic industry. He quit football uh, to join the porn industry. Now we understand that he's dead. He's dead at the age of 34. I do not know what led to his death, but I think there are some things we can uh, reflect on from Christian perspectives. Uh, this report says, former Premier League youngster Oliver Spedding, who quit football for the porn industry, has died at the age of 34. Spedding came through the ranks at Crystal Palace, but fell out of love with the game when he served time in prison. He continued playing at non-league level with Croydon FC, having moved into pawn. The defenders' former club, Croydon, announced his passing and heard a minute's silence before their match. A statement read, Oliver played for the club over a couple of spells and was a much-loved individual who always gave his utmost effort for the team. Oliver would be hugely missed by everyone at the club and our thought are with his family and friends at this difficult time. And this report also says that Spedding, who was in a relationship with fellow adult film star Sophie Anderson, became a painter and decorator after his jail stint before going into porn. 
He revealed he was paid just £150 per movie and often regretted turning his back on a potential career. Speaking on the Anything Goes with James English podcast last year, he admitted, this is the admission by this gentleman who is now unfortunately dead. Quote, when I was at Crystal Palace, if I'd have stayed with them, then I could have been earning a lot more uh, playing football. I used to fight as well. Maybe that could have gone somewhere. I was good at both of these things. But being a porn star, I thought that would be just as good. But it's not as good as people think. End of quote. And that's the point I want to make. Uh, this is uh, this gentleman, I mean, long before he died, he gave this interview. Uh, he left football. Uh, he could have been a fighter as well, but decided to go into porn. And you know why he went into porn? simple for the money uh, for the money he had other options but you see uh, and he said yeah he said i thought it would be just as good but it's not as good as people think and that's what many people will find out not only people who go into porn because i do not expect any such anyone among us to go into that extreme uh, extreme uh, extreme uh, extreme end of, of sinning if one may put it that way but you see uh, those who depart from what is godly from what is acceptable before god it will always appear like it's a good thing it will always appear like very green and flourishing from the other side but they will always find that it is never as good not only just never as good but horrible 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 as well now this, this matter is becoming a very serious thing you know in those days you think of, of prostitutes and you think of those who are uh, those girls the, or, or ladies or unfortunately now men as well uh who are described as people of of low virtue uh, who hang out uh, by street corners dark dark street corners uh, dark street corners now it's no longer the case now they show their faces uh, in those days uh, you, they will be in in dark corners and then you know that oh that's a prostitute hanging out there those who patronize them would know how to identify them nowadays you see uh if you go to streets like like allen avenue you find them uh showing their faces they're not even hiding it and angry but it has even gone beyond that there is now only fans i know that we have engaged with these with many stories relating to only fans now only fans is a digital platform a social media platform where people are allowed to charge money for exposing their bodies or for performing sexual acts for those who want to pay so uh if you think you have a body that will attract people you can sign up do not i'm not advising to do so i'm just saying what is possible uh, just to make a point here uh, that that person uh, it is not possible for that person to uh, to sign up to only fans and then to charge interested people uh, to watch him or to watch her so you don't i do not know how it works so don't think i'm an expert on this this is what i read from this report so i suppose that the person will upload uh his or her pictures and will try to uh to attract people now the, the people who are actually doing this the more are people who are already established names in in some industries and in the entertainment industry because you know but people are now saying well that's the next way at uh, the next level to make money on this program, we have been given the story of that lady who was a lawyer, who left the profession and then joined OnlyFans and said, look, she's making uh, in a week or a month what she would have made in a year if she remained a lawyer. Uh, recently, there was a story as well, I cannot recall, that we engaged with about OnlyFans as well, about a lady as well, uh, who said she, she would make in a day what she would make in a month. Now, I also saw yesterday the story of... of uh, 
a policewoman in the United States who was formerly a bodybuilder, became a policewoman. Now she has gone into, uh, she, she has signed up for OnlyFans, uh, uh, which is basically pornography, really, which is basically adult uh, film acting, but uh, in another way. And people are saying, look, they're making so much money. Now I'm reading on Nigerian social media as well. People saying, look, we know that some of you are signing up for OnlyFans, uh, meaning that uh, those who subscribe to you uh, can watch you do some, uh, do some uh, some perform some sexual acts and then you get paid for it i've always said this uh, the the difference between the rational secular culture and the christian culture is that the christian mind knows what our lord knows that it is true when our lord said the life of a man does not consist in the abundance of the things he owns it's not only about possessions not only about money but the secular mind says look as long as it pays your bill just do it. That cannot be the approach for people who are on the Lord's side. Uh, the question is not, it's never as long as it pays your bill. The first question for the Christian mind, for the redeemed of the Lord is, does this glorify God? Even if you say, look, uh, and of course, I don't listen to all those horrible, stupid arguments that people will say to you. They'll say that some people who are sexually deprived, they look at these things, they just take some pleasure in them, and some people will say, oh, maybe it's not only about sexual pleasure, maybe you just want to talk to some people who need uh, attention. And, and, I, and I tell you, some people will deceive themselves and sign up for OnlyFans. What I'm going to do there is just to talk to, uh, to men who need some attention, talk to them about their lives. I will not do anything sexual. I'll just talk to them about their lives, and then, and then they'll pay me for it. As, as they'll say on the streets nowadays in Nigeria, they play, they play. These are people who are deceiving themselves, and I do think they actually know that they are deceiving, deceiving themselves. What will happen to anyone who deviates from the, uh, from the path prescribed by God, the would would depart from the ancient way is that that person would think would be led to think by Satan uh, that oh it will be just as good. But the person will not only discover that it's not as good as this uh, this, uh, this this late footballer discovered. The person will not only discover that it's not as good. It will, that person will discover that it's actually a snare, a snare from which uh, it will be impossible uh, to to be delivered except by the grace of God. I pray that the God will continue to work in you and in me to will and to do what is acceptable in His sight. Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you very much for staying with us today on Gospel Best Radio from the Lord's side. I look forward to being with you again tomorrow by the grace of God. Please remain firmly on the Lord's side. God bless you, very good. You are listening to GospelBellsRadio.com, the Christian internet radio with a mission to engage the culture with the mind of Christ. Keep listening and invite others too. God bless you. <laughs>